0: Welcome to another episode of uh, Michael L. Craver Presents. What else? And I'm telling you, if you're listening to me on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn being my favorite. Currently, I use my desktop for a lot of my work. So every now and then I'm taking I'm sharing a link from the podcast to to the Facebook group somewhere else. And uh, TuneIn all just plays it automatically. And it'll pick up where you left off, too. Uh, Maybe the other... Apps do that you use your favorite, give you, me you know you want to give a five star rate and you want to say something. send me some feedback. you know how to get a hold of me on social media. let me know whether it sucks or not, but uh I was thinking about just I'm trying to give you some advice, trying to be a lighthouse for you and I was sitting here with the lighthouse uh, I guess I wrote this, published on january twenty seventh one of my favorite things I've ever written, mostly because of the way it wraps up the end of it. Tell you what it won't take me but a second. I'll read through The Lighthouse. We'll get on with this episode. We'll take it this way. January 27th, The Lighthouse. By Michael L. Craver. Just searching for the shoreline. A bottom. Somewhere to stop bobbing. Where we can... Where stepping out of our vessels doesn't require treading water, waiting, or the possibility of drowning. Others want the tour. They want to walk up the long staircases to see the shining... Mediocrity, spectacles that we place in the middle of paintings, manned or empty, often is the idea of guidance. Lighthouses, for some, a magnet. Others see the signal as a warning. They're trying to stay away, seeking to stay away from the shore, preventing their natural urges to run aground. Many of these structures have fallen, some victim to the storm and the seas. They are meant to serve purpose against. Time has eliminated the rest. Like great role models, principles we use as our compass, symbols recorded in our history. Conceptually, we all have our lighthouses. They help illuminate boundaries, like the ghosts of battlefields, fallen beacons we carry in our hearts and minds, perhaps a headstone, a photograph, recorded voice, idols burned into our hearts and minds. For the memories, the light itself is unnecessary. Lessons we carry. Those still swaying in the darkness will need to see the projecting stream of consciousness. Direction to turn to their forces. Even, perhaps, to stay out to see. Brightness like a red flag from shallow places they never wish to step foot again. Living, loving, learning, adventuring many looking for that spiritual center to bring us home. Maybe they've even returned, having rescued with a soul or two. The rest, who are not lost, remain castaways, like secrets that will never be told. Drifting, sinking, perhaps meaningless and forgotten in their time. Expeditions seeking treasures submerged away from the shore found value exceeding any they might have had in their own time. The world often deceives, tests us. Our lighthouses see us through the bluff. I really love that piece. It's uh, about timeless lessons and the things that really define the parameters of our memory and how we're going to approach life. You know, what are your life's lessons, right? Who'd you learn from? Why is it sacred to you? It's a value that was, eh, may not have been all that more valuable in its own time, but today, after all the things that have passed, the world's a lot looser and reckless. Those little fables, those little guiding principles are priceless. You know, the thing your grandfather and grandmother, someone taught you. Man, he said such and such. Yeah, that's just how it was back then. Nowadays, completely rare. Integrity. Dignity. So welcome to Escaping Vanity. With Michael L. Craver, and I think that's one of the main points that I make to people when we have arguments about things is to argue dignity. This young lady, she had put on her Facebook status, uh, "You don't know what you're missing on my OnlyFans page," and I reply back as a self-respect, dignity, pride. How about self-worth? <laughs> you can't. You can't get those things back. Strange times that we live in. People defrauding, you know, you wanna know why the roads aren't paved and defund the police. You're already defunding the police, you asshole. You're doing all these online and self indulgent entrepreneur is what you would call yourself, right? But you're not paying taxes. You're not honorably turning over your money, your taxable income to the government. And then you wonder why the education system is the way it is. Well, you stole all that money. You know, part of the deal is you report your income as it is, full income. They tax you based on that. Those dollars get redistributed into things like the education system or the municipal police department or whatever. Defund the police. Well, you're already lying. You know, half of you guys are servers and doing other ventures where you don't report your income. You've already defunded the police and your highways, sanitation departments, education, and everything that goes with it. So strange. So strange. Anyway, I'm looking at the world today. I'm thinking it's a good day. Talk about personality, about how you care, what you care about, the lighthouse thing. You know, I've tried to be this nice little beacon for different people. You know, they've come and they've asked me sometimes unsavory kind of questions. Sometimes they give me these very ugly situations that happen to them. What do you think about this? And it is. It's a matter of discretion and, you know, I've got confidentiality. However... Part of that is because of my personality, which I think is very unique to me. Other people say it's it's hard to figure me out. However, maybe you'll find that some of these things are true for you. Because as I've looked around the world and I've started to think about what makes a big difference in how I treat people and the little things about what I'm going to do with the opportunities that people put in front of me. All right. You come to me. You say, Michael, here's what's going on. I say, okay. Well, did you ask these questions? And that's where I start, you know. It's a very simple, you're standing there, you're next to me. Here's where we're going to take this journey. Did you ask these questions to get out of this situation? Do you have the information and the, I guess, the resources right when you go to ask questions and get to the bottom of things you really need to know the answers to some very specific things before you can approach different situations and if you don't have those answers then you can't proceed and make the best decisions possible one of the things that i say and i talk too much is that information and that's the old gordon gecko and i've said this on the podcast information is the most valuable commodity i know of right and so you look at information and you say, well, he's he's talking too much. Well, you know, you can always have too much information to sort through, I suppose. I suppose you could have bad information to sort through. But if you're not asking, you're, you don't know what criteria you need, and I talked about this on the dating episodes, and you don't know what you're looking for, what criteria you need, you're never going to be able to make informed decisions with the vital information right you say, well should i leave him should i get to the bottom of this should i and it's it's strange how many times people come to me and they say you know i'm having trouble getting along with somebody okay did you think about where they're coming from you know my mother's big one on giving me in books like uh emotional intelligence and things like that okay um do you know where where he's coming from? Do you know where you're coming from? Are you happy with the situation the way it is? Well, I mean, okay, well, what are you curious about? Because, I mean, a lot of things boil down, they really do, to what are you happy with and what are you curious about? Um, if you aren't wanting to know certain things about the person you're with, then don't ask, I guess. But, it, you know, it becomes one of those things where, like, down the road, is that surprise, is that answer going to affect you? Well, then maybe you should have asked. There was this lady one time who, um, after I think three or four days of having very menial conversations with me on a dating you know, profile, and this happened last year's fall of 2019, she says to me, uh, all right, well, I'm going to ask you the big question and I was like the big question why didn't you ask that up front like if this is a deal breaker you need to lead off with that why waste anybody's time or why take the you know these other steps to try to get to know these little things if that thing is going to negate all of this if that's going to end the discussion bring it up in the beginning and go from there because (laughs) otherwise like what are you spinning your wheels about is there a chance these other things can overwhelm that answer her question, you want to know what it was? How do you feel about President Trump? And I said this years ago when he got voted into office after the primary. And I said, you know, if your opinion on this guy, like with the abortion or anything else, if your opinion of this guy carries with it the weight of whether you're going to have relationships with people, whether you can get into a girl's pants or not, that's pretty important. You can say what you want about the guy. But he, is, he has become big enough to be a deal-breaker in personal relationships. There are very few things like that. So, congratulations to him. But I look around and I think, how many people don't lead off with the questions that are the most important to them? I have this... You know, I wrote this, and I've talked about it different times. You know, I asked, you know, I've said it's two questions. It's really one question that I ask people. The rest is bullshit. I ask if you smoke or you drink. Okay, well, I don't really care, to be honest with you. I can explain to you why those would matter, but I could, we could negotiate those things. All right. The living situation, the transportation situation, and the working situation is very different because those determine your resources. Do you have equity? Do you have, you know, a means of getting around? And certainly, do you have a means of income? Jesus. I mean, I boil things down to simple questions. I mean, that's what matters to me. When I buy a car, it's sunroof, leather seats. Will it play music? Power windows? It runs? Good fuel? You know, good gas mileage? Or, you know, basically, a Honda with a sunroof is good enough for me. Um, And, and I'm that, you know, and then what do you do? Yeah, but what if you bought what if you bought a twelve thousand dollar, fifteen thousand dollar, fifty thousand dollar car? For me, that's a vac every other thousand dollars is like two weeks worth of vacation every year. So, you know, once you're getting up to like thirty thousand dollars and I spent six, it's twenty four. Mm. Do a lot with twenty four thousand dollars, you know what you're doing. Put a damn swimming pool in your backyard. Think about that. You want the car or the swimming pool? So, I just—I was looking for my list here of things that. um, What happens when I'm talking to folks? My personality questions about things that you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there's people who get stubborn. Somebody says something to you and you don't want to talk back to them. You turn a cold shoulder. You know, you, want, you can call it your space, or you need silence, or you got to think about it, reflection, whatever, right? Time out. But in, in my condition, um, the way I look at it, I don't... What activates that for me is if I said to you, Okay, Mr. Fuji, um, I've been working 30 days straight, so tonight... Um, when you're making cuts, I'd like to leave, you know, we got several of us, we're supposed to leave at the same time, I'd like to leave first, and he's like, no, oh. and I said, well, you have promises to anybody else, is there any special reason, No, no, no reason, and that, to me, would sour the relationship. I've put all of this down payment into things up front that I never intended to really ask for anything, but it came up and I asked. And you made a foolish decision. At least I think so. Because somebody else is not going to pick up all those loose pieces. They're not going to be as reliable. And now you've ruined that between me and you. Now I can, I can take all that away. You see, if you're the person who cooks all the meals and pays all the bills and does all the household things, and someone refuses to cooperate with you, you have great negotiating power because you control all of these resources and all the points on the checklist. All right, remember that. When you're a person who provides all of these skills and you bring them, and they're practicing skills that everybody relies upon, you can take them off the table. You could perform them only for yourself. You can go back to being just you and not be as generous. Use it as negotiating power. I can give you the open door policy all day long. That doesn't mean you're not open to talking to them. The open door thing is about having an open discussion. It does not mean that you cannot barter, negotiate, strong arm, whatever. It's up to you. You're still talking, right? Yeah, the door's still open. All right. Uh what else is on my list here? Uh yes, I genuinely yes, I genuinely care about people. Even when I have to treat them in a difficult way to try to have the negotiation or um if you said something to me and you think my mood instantly changed, it probably did. I'll still acknowledge you and we'll have, you know, the, the, the rest of our time together is going to be very matter-of-fact. I'm not going to dismiss you right away, but yeah, I've, I have definitely changed the tempo of, of how I'm operating. Um, I mean, it could be something very simple, you know, and I go, hey, what about this? And you go, No. And they go. That's a shame because you're not being reasonable. You know, I've had some very simple people I've talked to, um, or I'm sorry, I've had some very simple conversations with people I've talked to. I don't know that they're simple people, but I have regretted many ways that I've handled things in the past. Um, if you spoke to me a year ago, two, three, four, five. You got a completely different person who did, probably did not listen. I used to sit at company meetings, and somebody would say something about, "Hey, what about such and such?" And I'd say, "Oh, well, he wasn't talking about me, so I wasn't listening." Like, I, asshole. Now, I'm, but I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Like, I know pretty much what good judgment is, so like, I may or may not be listening. You know, <laughs> it's just how I operate. What else have I got here? These are the things that have ruined relationships for me. Um, the girl I'd, I'd call my soulmate. Um, somebody asked me why I called her my soulmate recently. And I said, well, we were supposed to have a child together. And she kind of took the soul away from the child. So I call her my soulmate. It's very ironic and dark. That's not true. Um, it's It sounds clever and whimsical and funny. But uh, I call her my soulmate because I've enjoyed some different things that have happened. And she pulled me out of some pretty dark places. I'm always thankful for that. So if you're listening to this, um, thank you in front of everybody. Uh, but my issue, and this is written down specifically because of her, is you. if there's a person you're not getting along with, think about whether this is healthy or not. You try to get a straight answer out of somebody, a yes or a no. And Jim Cornette tells this, he tells this line about folks. He said, that guy would rather climb a tree and tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. Now, if you hear me say that, it's I've twisted that. In my world, what that means is you would rather fight for thirty minutes instead of answering something that would take thirty seconds. It's very unhealthy, and in those situations, I have learned to just put on some music or go in a different direction. Um, and I've got written here the traveler mindset, and I do. I mean, I've my stuff, my desk uh, for work is sitting right here. Um, it's. Uh, two by sixes. No, there's are one by sixes. Um, the decking boards. And they're sitting from left to right on two different stacks of totes that have things in them. And if I ever need to move immediately and grab those totes, everything goes real fast. Uh, my clothes are still sitting in totes. The ones that are not hanging on hangers, everything's very simple. Can move, move very quickly. Um I don't know. I, I don't know why it's like that, but I just I keep it that way. Um there's always an audience. Yeah, there's always an audience. If you guys stop listening, somebody else will listen. I talked about this in the last podcast. You can go be a jackass in the town you live in and a hundred people, five hundred, two thousand people on social media will still be your friend and friends of friends and pay attention to you. Um and the people who are right around you who matter the most don't know who you are and you don't care who they are. Um, it's strange that way. But no matter who blocks me or says, I ain't listening to your podcast or you're a chauvinist or, you know, you got women all wrong. Okay, well, you stop listening. Somebody else will listen. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's true. It doesn't mean I don't value your opinion or I wouldn't like for you to listen. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the cold, that's that disassociative part of me. The plain truth of the matter is somebody else will listen because you won't listen, you know. But um, it don't cost me nothing to make these and, and upload them. I mean, I yeah, I, there's there's some expense, but uh, in the scheme of the world, it doesn't cost me nothing. Um, great stories and blessings. Yeah, I've got a lot of great stories. I've been blessed in a lot of different ways. I mean, physically, mentally, <laughs> sensually. Um, and the next thing says people like you. Uh, and trust. Yeah, there's a lot of people who look at somebody like me, and they say, here's a tall, blue-eyed, blonde-headed, he's got volume in his hair, he's got, you know, I'm taking a picture and putting it on Instagram. Man, look at him. Mm, mm, mm. Have you seen yourself? Yeah, I've seen myself. I had to take the picture in a, you know, selfie mode. I know what it looks like. I've read the stuff that I write. <laughs> you know why it's written that way? Because I like to read it that way. Quite frankly, it's written in that mystery tone, where it goes in different directions, and it's cryptic as hell, because when I go back and read it, I'm doing it for myself. I mean, that's the truth of the matter. It's done for Michael L. Craver. It ain't done for you guys. I mean, I don't mind sharing stuff, but if you wonder why stuff doesn't make sense to you, it's because it's a trick. I knew what I was saying when I wrote it. The problem is, am I going to know what it says when I go back and reread it? If you find the meaning behind it, and you find some fulfillment, and it's useful to you, go with it. Use it motivate yourself it's it's written selfishly um, and that's the truth of the matter read people slash advantage yes i read people very well there's people i've spoken to for like four or five minutes and they go you don't know anything about me and they go oh but i do and then you assess them and it's it's not like that criminal minds show but it's something like that I've i've found that show intriguing I uh, just started watching that. and I'll fall asleep during an episode. I'll watch about half an episode and fall asleep. Next night, I'll watch about, I don't know, th- three-quarters of an episode. So I went from 0.5 to 1.25 or something. And then on the next night, I'll wake up and watch <laughs> part of the next episode, fall asleep before the third one or the fourth one. It's it's a never-ending um, process, but I don't I don't ever finish one whole episode in in one sitting. Resources, natural material. Yes, I've got tremendous amount of resources. My, I was born to a family who's resourceful. You know, my mom was hardworking. My dad is hardworking. I mean, my dad made twelve fifty an hour, and he he's got a college degree. But I mean, you know, mom didn't come from anything special either. And so, it, when people look at me and they go, "Oh, you grew up this way," I grew up what? My parents decided to do better than their parents before them, and they gave their kids a good fucking life. You know. I don't know that the mother of my children listens to these, but if she does, she's doing very well, and I'm very proud of her and that situation. You know, my kids live on a, a decent amount of land, and they've got dogs doing around. They got a mom who's, you know, overly protective, but it's I wouldn't have it any other way. Very proud of the situation. You know, she's she does all right, and uh, and for, for her job, she does all right. She works very hard and. If they don't thank her when they grow up and they ever mistreat her, uh, you're gonna... we talked about corporal punishment in the last episode. My sons know I'll lay the, the smack down. I remember we, we were at, at the mall in Winston-Salem. My youngest son, Jonathan, is rolling in the floor. He's laying on the floor. He's kicking his legs and like running in a circle while he's on his back in the food court. And This is like 7 p.m. at night. There ain't a whole lot of people there of my my oldest mr colt william <laughs> he says jonathan get up dad will hit you and i was like eh whatever would i have hit him no but <laughs> colt knows the power of bullshit maybe that should be the the name of this episode the power of bullshit what else is written on here uh Oh, proximity doesn't change words. Uh, Mrs. Soulmate, my my buddy, she was preaching at me at one point, saying something to me, and raised her voice. And I said, look. She used to get mad at me. She'd say, Michael, you never get mad. You never raise your voice. I've never heard you scream, never seen you angry through the whole relationship. And there was some crazy shit that happened. And she was raising her voice to me. And I kind of looked at her and I said, you know, I never raise my voice. So let me tell you something. Your tone of voice does not change the substance of your words. And she got so <laughs> mad at that. But it's true. Think about that. A yell doesn't make what you say anymore. No, it doesn't. What else was it? Um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she got up and she was throwing stuff in the dishwasher. She said something or not to me. I said, let me ask you one question. I'm going to get out of here for the day. So you're so mad at me for making mistakes. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen, as you're out there preaching at somebody and being mad. Even if you're mad at me and you're still listening to these. I said, let me ask you something. When's the last time you were wrong about anything in the world? She turned and looked at me just like that, just in that silence, just, uh, you know, as long as you could hear a dog growling. That's all I was thinking. You know, we all make mistakes. We all, you know. Um, oh, that's why it's written like this. It says proximity doesn't change words. Tone doesn't change the substance. Well, you, some clever guy wrote this. I might have seen him in a mirror a time or two. That's written on another piece of paper over here. I'm gonna go ahead and mark this off. It says this is these little clever little thoughts I have. It says Michael Craver lingo. It says I know a guy. Well, if I say I know a guy, it means I know a guy. It means he's my friend. It doesn't mean I know of a guy or whatever, whatever. He's a friend of mine. If I say I've seen some things, and I usually say that about some kind of perverted situation. I've seen some things. I've seen girls do this and this. and this. It doesn't mean I've seen it on the internet. It means I was there and I was personally responsible for some sort of uh, wild thing that is now unbelievable. Maybe I'll tell some stories like that. How much time is up to, uh, left in this episode? Maybe I'll get to one today. Um, whatever your name is. <laughs> okay. So, whatever your name is, and you can use this. I'm giving it to you. Go run around with it. Put it on a T-shirt, but just throw me a, an email or something and say, hey, I'm doing this. Make some money off of it. It's my idea. I'm giving it away right here on the podcast. You're working with somebody. You know somebody. You love somebody. Family reunion. Doesn't matter if you're working with them, wherever. These people that I work with, the girls would come through the kitchen, mostly girls. I mean, i they've done it to guys too, but they would uh, they'd be doing something. I'd be in their way. I'd jump in their way in front of the drink machine, and I'd be getting my drinks first, even though they were there first. I barged in, stole the drink machine, you know, broke the line, as you might say, right? And they would say, what are you doing? Whatever, whatever. And I'd say, you know, we might have some cross words if I knew what your name was. What? You know what my name is. Or, you know, I'd go run some food for somebody and take it to their table and say, have you got table 32? Excellent, well they're doing good, uh whatever your name is, oh, you don't know my name, you know, and I, yes, I know your fucking name, it's you know whatever it is, and people would just light up the other thing I have written here is here's high school transcripts uh that's my little default answer well, there's oh yeah, I didn't say the uh personality thing we'll, we'll say that because you'll love it um the high school transcripts thing is when somebody would ask questioned and they'd say you want to hear something funny yeah you're going to show me your high school transcripts and what (laughs) you know it just catches people off guard you know (laughs) see something scary you got your high school transcripts the other thing is personality i wrote it down i'm gonna mark it out just as fast people would say oh man i forgot what i was looking for personality (laughs) i got plenty of personality i love it it's it's the default answer for so many things. Somebody starts asking you, they're looking for something. It's in the last place I found it. You know, I was trying to. Man, I was thinking about getting some personality. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, they get they get they get mad at these things. I don't understand why. Let me. Am I crossing off everything on this page? These are just random thoughts while I'm talking about stuff. Going away from my my personality disorder that I have over here. Oh, it's one last thing. It says, think about what you're texting. Is it a status or a tweet that requires no response at all? So, yeah, when you're sending something to somebody, are you having a discussion? Are you saying something? Are you, you know, you basically, you know, delivering social media to them, um, or a, a public service announcement to them. They don't need to say anything back. Are you, you know, are you being overbearing in what you're saying? Because people all the time will say something to me, and they're like, I just want you to know. Like, all right, what am I supposed to say back to that? You know, I'm trying to have a discussion. I'd like for you to keep your integrity here. So if you'd like for me to say something back, yes, I can pick that apart, and I can make you feel this small. But I'd rather not, and most of the time I do not. As many times as you think I might do it, there's a hundred other times. You know how fast my mind works. You know, there's always something. So to be said. If I'm not saying something, I'm thinking it. If you ever want to know? Just ask. What are you thinking right now? Do You really want to know? Are you going to take offense? Okay. Well, here I'll tell you. Assholes. Oh, and this is the other side of the thing. This is because because I try to be a good guy. I just have these personality flaws. But I have these parameters. You know, I don't want somebody who's going to fight with me for thirty minutes when you can give me a clear answer in thirty seconds. I mean, I think I'm asking very little. Um, and I think you, you ought to be too. If you bring a lot to the table, like I said, you ought to negotiate with those things, take them away from people, see how much they miss them, see what they're willing to do to get them back. Assholes look for weak people. That's for sure. I mean, you know, you girls out there and guys, you know, you're dating these people who take advantage of you and they try to get you to go out or sleep with you real quick. And they didn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. And well, he got what he wanted, you know, he's like a shoplifter. You know, you you let him get away with it. You know, your security wasn't up. You know, get a better loss prevention department because what you're losing is your integrity and your dignity. You chose to give your time to somebody, but you didn't vet them and think about them very thoroughly. And so now at the end of the day, they've got a piece of you that you can't get back. So what I'm saying to you is don't be giving those pieces away. Take the time to come up with better questions and get to know people a little better, you know, improve your process of of what's going to make you feel comfortable and you know if you need to take it slower take it slower if you need to ask some intrusive questions do it be combative don't be shy about it um they do fun things and they control yeah i mean yeah assholes do do fun things and they control situations they want to get you to hang out and drink and do this do that yeah it's a fun activity, yes, and it gets you around them, and then they can influence you because they've, like a, a gesture, or somebody who's doing magic at a street show, you know, one of these street musicians. Yes, he's he's got a fun game. You're going to partake in this fun game, but at the end, he's leaving with your money. You know, you're playing against the house, and the same thing is true in in many relationships or or any other social situations. You got a person who's laying a situation in front of you that seems a little fun. Don't you want to watch my paparazzi video? And then they run off with all your money. Uh, I'm paying service relationship. I mean, that's true. I mean, people do these things where they they have a relationship with somebody, but, you know, he's paying the bills, and so you can't leave, right? I can't tell you how many times I've seen this situation. You know, we got into a not me personally but I've seen people the girl I was with um you know we, we you get into a situation you live together and then you could not live indip- both of you could not live comfortably and independent right so somebody's negotiating for just creature comforts and they're sticking around till they can make enough money till they can save enough money they're you know they're unhappy uh and the other person is paying and basically they look at it like you know well I'm carrying the brunt of the weight I'm the one who's footing the bill. I should get the winner's share. So if if we're going to pick TV shows, I'm going to pick the TV show. I'm going to pick what we're doing for dinner. You're going to do this physical thing for me. Yeah. What do you bring to the table? I mean, I talked about this at great length, but I mean, look at it that way. You're uh, interviewing somebody. You're going on a date. You're doing what you're doing to try to invite somebody to be a member of your team. You're going to employ them. What do they bring to the table? They have people skills. If you're dating them, do they have a budget? Have they got transportation? Do they dress well? You know, Do they have a sense of personality and etiquette? Will they open the door for you or hold your hand or whatever? Test them. You know, get them. Hey, will you walk me to my car? And then see if he opens the door to your car. See if he gives you a hard time while walking into the car. See if he opens the door to the restaurant. Meet him outside the front door way, he has a chance to open it for you or not. Set these situations up so that he has a chance to show you whatever his practices are. All right? And when I'm looking at that, you know, know what you bring to the table. You know, are you a person who's going to, you know, you never rub my feet. Well, are you scratching his back or rubbing his shoulders or doing any of that stuff? Oh, okay. Well, what are you negotiating about? You're not doing anything up front. What do you expect him to do? You're not leading by example. I mean, Everywhere that I've worked, they started doing these strange, what I thought was a strange practice, but they're like, you have to be able to do the job before we can promote you. So you would have to basically be a shift manager in practice doing the job before they give you the money for it, which you might think is unfair. But in their eyes, they look at it and go, well, you know, because people might leave us. And they go, yeah, well, if you hire an outside guy, you're going to train him the whole way and pay him the whole way, but you're not going to do that for me. And that's not, you know, that's not straight. That's a double standard. And you ought to get on to people about that. And here's the other thing that's that's written last. It says losing fifty percent, gaining fifteen percent. You're a person who is happy in your situation. You're eighty five percent happiness, you don't have a person to share it with, you know, you got a, you know, an empty bed, you got, you know, you're going on vacation with you and the other people, but you don't have a significant other, a companion, and so forth. Okay. And you're 85% happy, right, on your own. You're self-sufficient, you got the money, you got the household, decorated, whatever. You're not wanting for anything, you may not have the perfect life. You're willing to take a chance to meet somebody. Well, you're already 85% happy. So the most you can gain is 15%. You can get up to 90, 95, 100, 15%. But if it becomes unhappy and you have that relationship long enough, they're a domestic partner, they're a spouse, you could lose 50%. Mm. So, you bring this guy in and you are 85% happy, and you have a home and kids and this and that and resources. If it wasn't equal coming into it, or you don't have a prenuptial agreement or whatever, remember that. And I always think that that's why a lot of people stay single or they're so hardcore about uh, being, being assholes about who they um, go and will or will not have a relationship with. It's because of those situations. You think that you could lose, and you can. You can gain 15%, but you can lose 50%. That's a 15 versus 35. You know, 15 to the good and, and 35 to the bad. Um, well, hell, I mean, it had, it would, you would have to be 100% happy and get all the way up there before you could drop down 50%. You may never get there. You could move too fast and be 85% happy and kind of happy and maybe 90%. And then lose 50% of your shit. Now you're 40 what kind of life is that? Now you've introduced this guy to your family, your kids, your friends, your social media and everything. Wrecked it. Ruined your reputation. Think about that. And I'm I'm speaking in most of these terms as um there's more women than men, so it's it, it does more for me to just say that a wim a woman is in these examples because uh it helps I don't know, for marketability, let's put it. <laughs> but you know, I, I look at those things at the end of the day and just think that you are responsible. Like, I'm able to sort of disassociate from people. And I've had people who wanted to talk, who wanted to date, who wanted to, you know, and then they don't hear from me for a day or two days or whatever. They're like, hey, you stop." I just decided to change my routine up. Sometimes I go to the grocery store and I only buy things that are on sale. Sometimes I only want to buy meat. Other times it's I'm getting milk and cereal, and I'll do that like you know a couple a couple of times a year. So a couple of times a year I'll get sandwich meat and and bread, and I rotate it through like that. And I'm not saying I have to because I've had people who've been in my life my whole life, right? By choice, right? The girl I would, I would call my soulmate. I would say if she if she called me up tomorrow and we haven't spoken for a while now, um, I'd say how are you doing? What do you need? How's homeschooling going? How's the business? And go from there. Um, it's a logistical thing. Where in my mind I'd like to know where you what do you what are your needs and how are you. All right? And if I think everybody's doing good or I think I just need maybe I don't know if you're doing good but I I think you're doing just fine. Okay? Or you will and I'm going to step away and not speak for a day or two. Like, you know, this afternoon I clicked on every message in my um MMS or SMS box. I clicked on every text message and it's deleted everything. With nobody's numbers saved, so I know what a lot of people's numbers are, or what you know what their prefix is and stuff. If it comes up, right? Chris is like this. The kid's mom is like this, And so, fine, but they're all gone. So if you don't message me back, you might not hear from me. That's just how it is, and I'm okay with that, right? Because I got my music to escape to, all these movies on my hard drive. I've got John. I haven't spoken to him forever on Skype longest friend i've the longest elective friend of my life that's not like family or something, and I doubt he even knows that I don't even know if he knows this podcast exists because it's like with me and Elijah and I talked about it in the last podcast these extreme uh opposites that happen in these relationships that I have with people where they know like everything about me and then they don't know the simplest thing that everybody knows it's just like that, you know. And I have the ability to like cut the whole world off if I want to. I don't have any problem with it. Um, you know, I'll go into let's say Facebook Messenger and whatever else and just clear it all the way out. All the conversations are gone and um somebody will message me a response to something that I don't even have the conversation anymore and I'm like I have to guess sometimes. Uh, Other times I'll see them online and I'll go, how are you doing? And they're like, what do you mean how am I doing? I don't don't know what our conversation was like. I'm just asking how you're doing. I value your time. So if I said something cross to you or that you didn't like, well, then I don't know what you want me to tell you because I don't even have the conversation in front of me. I think it's awesome to just clear out your cache and push the reset button every now and then. If it was that bad, we wouldn't be friends or you'd have blocked me or something. At least I think of it that way. If you haven't done that, then there's – opportunity for anything I just I think the way that my mind works and the way some of your minds may work somebody will say something out of the way to you doesn't matter if you've been talking for five minutes or five weeks five years It's like I'd spoken in the last episode. You keep that one person at work five minutes too long, and the one thing that goes wrong ends your entire relationship with them. They quit, they disappear, that's it. Same thing is true with with social conversations. Doesn't have to be in the workplace, wherever. You talk to somebody just a little bit too long. They sent you just one too many replies, whatever. I'm busy, goddammit. All right. Well, you didn't say that. Well, I mean... And that's the thing to me. If you open messages and your little icon or that red, you know, whatever that symbolic thing is in the program you're using, they've they've looked at the message and they didn't reply to you, they're responsible for that. But they are. If you take the time to open something up, you should have mentally budgeted enough time, no matter what it said, to send back a message that says, I'll talk to you later, I'm busy working, whatever it might be. It's one word to to type working or busy or whatever. You can swipe to text that in a fraction of a second and send it. It's no problem. You can voice to text a lot in 10 seconds. Well, you know I was busy. You weren't too busy to open it up and read it, asshole. Take the time to say something back. Acknowledge people. That open door thing. I talk about acknowledging people to no end whenever I'm sitting around doing these podcasts. And I certainly acknowledge people when they say something back to me. Now, if there's been a lot of messages... And you've sent me, you know, one of the things I'll tell people, I'll say, if you ever want to get in my good graces, you ever want to keep me from being irritated, do not send me repeated messages, especially within a small fraction of time. All right. So if if your name is Jimmy and you send me a message, Jimmy, that says, you know, how are you doing tonight? And I start to reply back to it. But you send a second message. It kicks my reply that I was writing out of the phone. And now I've got two messages, but I can't reply to either one without opening the application. On the top of my screen, it's got that mini preview. All right. So I can start typing a a small reply in that preview. Once you send a second message, it takes that ability away from me. So now I've got to stop what I'm doing, go back here, do this and that. And that's when I just take and just swipe your name off. And maybe I'll acknowledge you later. Maybe I won't. I mean, you know, at at this point in time, you know, you decided to send a couple of messages Uh, if I've told you that up front, which I tend to do, you know, hey, you ever wanna be in my good graces? Don't be sending four and five and eight messages in a row. (sighs) Cause it fucking bugs that dog shit out of me. Like I don't mind if you send all those words, send one long message however long it takes you to send it. Send it in a voice message, video message. That does not I'm not limiting your content, just the frequency, okay? Frequency means a lot to me, but it's a movie with Jim Caviezel and Randy Quaid or whatever. Is it Dennis Quaid? It's Dennis Quaid because Randy Quaid plays the the silly cousin uh, in um, Christmas Vacation and he plays the, the crazy farmer or airplane pilot or whatever in Independence Day and so forth. But Dennis Quaid, who is in a lot of movies and does a lot of things, is in this wonderful movie called Frequency. It's a dad movie. Love that movie. I don't think I've ever watched it with my dad. I don't know if he knows it, but I need to make myself a note. To sit down and watch frequency with my dad. But anyway, the the frequency with which you contact me is what somewhat determines whether um, I think you make good decisions. Like, why didn't you put that into one message? You know, if if this if these were correspondences like I send, where I send letters to people, it cost you a ton in postage or whatever to send that stuff. What if we limit it? You know, a lot of dating apps and stuff are like that. You can send one message or two messages, and that's it. Then you're limited. So, believe me, if my phone would do that, I would do that. And whatever else you had to say, you you'll wish you to put it in that first message because the other ones would be blocked or uh, be sitting in the dugout or whatever the situation might be. But with my personality, it's very like I pull things apart. You know, those smallest things like that that irritate the hell out of me will turn me just cold in just a second. And I'll go, man, I'm so flexible. I've been so flexible. I've openly communicated. Here is the simple things that I need. I don't ask a lot. And then, you know, when you step across those things, then I think that we're, those are deal breakers. Those become incompatible things for our social or spiritual or romantic or whatever relationship. Because I asked these are so simple. I mean, once you cross those, I'm like, eee. like these are the these are the few rules. That is it, what is it that uh, Dale Doback says? The one rule of the house: don't touch my drum set. You know, and he's, he's beating his ass. Um, love, love, brothers. I think the last time I watched that was old. When me and me and the esthetician watched that together. Um, I wonder how she and the little girl are doing. Doing some homeschooling. Those of you who are doing homeschooling, I hear a lot of things about kids just clicking through answers and not paying attention, and a lot of attention sort of issues with people. And uh, and I understand that because I'm gonna tell you it's hard. I'm doing my corporate job on a desktop with two monitors. It's very involved. But if you've seen the way that I talk on these podcasts, imagine what I'm like. You know, I've got like four or five programs open to do one communication with somebody, and I am right at home. But then it becomes like that's not enough. Now I want seven things to do at the same time. You know, if you if if me and somebody else had my ideal date, my ideal date. I'm going to bring this up. I'll, I'll read something else to you. I read the lighthouse for you. It's called Meal for Another Day. And I wrote this in December. Here it is, December 24th. So I published this on Christmas Eve. I'm going to read it and then I'll. It says We'd exchange texts with spirit. Though an unorthodox first date and never one to be predictable, she's meeting moi at the grocery store. This is an inside job. As she arrives, I open her door greeting her with a hug under a blue sky. The afternoon is young. So many decisions to make. I've brought a short list to seek out, making sure there's a pen and utilizing my server's book for legible writing. Matching her pace as we stroll, being quiet to listen to her observations. But I don't need some of the items. Neither does she right now. Simply white lies so that I can pretend they were on my list secretly logging her favorites, studying the object of my affection. Passing by the flowers, she tells me her favorites. We've got half a dozen items from my list. Only half of tonight's menu? Well, both of us are still deciding what we're really hungry for. Mmm. Hell, I dismiss myself to the restroom between aisles. Not having to go, just doubling back to grab her favorite flowers, a quick checkout, and then hiding them in the car. Now I'm back to our shopping trip. Still taking notes to surprise her with a future, perfect meal. I open her door after we've checked out, and we head to the house. She's cutting everything for a salad. I've prepped the meat. We've decided to take it slow, and after I present her a bottle of wine, I pour a glass. We retire to the couch. She sets her glass and her food down. Her, her feet—I'm sorry—are aching from work, and the grocery stroll. So I toss off her shoes and rub them. And she moans. She's wanting to thank me. She crawls across me for a kiss. And gently rests her head on my chest. Speaking softly as she's fading. And I scratch her back. Taking things slow. And she falls asleep on me. So, yeah. That's a nice little, you know, creature comfort. You learn things about the other person. You lie a little bit, right? You take your shopping list with a pen because then you can write down all the things they say and their favorites and take notes. (sighs) You can figure out what their allergies are and their dietary restrictions or if they got, you know, this is the brand I get or, yeah, I would never do that. Guess what? You want to be the perfect student and and learn everything about this person who might be, as I called her, the object of your affection. That's what you do. You know, have I done that? Never done that for like a first date. Have I done that with, yeah, I've, I've done that in long relationships. You go out shopping and you you find out a few things about somebody. Nothing wrong with that. I tend to be combative in those situations. I'll give you a hard time. You're going to buy, um, what did the girl buy? She bought off-brand pancakes cakes or waffles or something and i gave her a hell of a hard time about it and i said why don't you buy something from a real company so that they have benefits for the workers and you're supporting an american company and why just because i want to buy it you know and it wasn't great value it was sort of the target brand was or something and she just you know what am i doing in that situation i'm number one i'm seeing how strong she is with her convictions and number two i'm trying to figure out why she makes the decisions she does and i get to antagonize her and put a little color in her cheeks at the same time so it's It's all in good fun, and there's a learning or a lesson to be learned hidden in all of that, you know. And that's what my personality is about, you know. It's all about, like, doing all of these crazy, thoughtful, and just intuitive things to get to know somebody, to build this fundamental relationship, to build trust and understanding. They don't even know that you're doing it, right? And that's the beauty of it. Like, you're doing it right in front of them, and they don't know it. And then later on, hopefully, they appreciate it. But in the moment, it's hidden, right in plain sight, and that's why when I come back to somebody and I say, "Hey, I'm asking for something simple," and they go, "Nah," and I say, "All right, well, I can walk away." I've always that traveler mindset. I've always been, you know, like I don't, I can, I can sit in front of my computers and record podcasts and watch shows and trade music with John and talk to the guys about wrestling, and there'll be no shortage of. You know, Nancy and Betty and whoever who want to message me and say, hey, you're a good-looking guy. <laughs> yes, I'm aware I have mirrors. I didn't work on my body for no reason, you know. But it's not everything, you know. That's that's me putting a shiny exterior on so that you look at the packaging and try to find out what's inside. It's just one layer of why I would hope you would reel me in and keep the big fish, you know. I don't know. But... It's it's not it is for vanity. I mean, more or less. I mean, I'm running to be healthy and breathe better, and I like to go play basketball, and it's it's part of listening to music and having fun. When I put in fifty miles last week, that wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, I ended up with a gigantic blister on my foot, which I think is either on Facebook or Instagram. Um, Not fun times. But I felt really great at the end of the week because I was able to set what I thought was an unrealistic goal and then achieve it. And how did I reward myself? I went for half a walk that I passed by this church that has a basketball goal. So I dribbled a basketball goal out half of my, one of my mile and a half, whatever laps, and played basketball for, like, a a long time. And then I made some deal with myself if I make five free throws in a row or whatever it was. um then I can leave. Then I can dribble the ball the rest of the way home. And then I did. Went out and went the rest of the lap, main road, and back to the neighborhood and came home. That was my reward for 50 miles. It wasn't like going out to a restaurant, steakhouse, dessert, nothing. <laughs> it was more exercise. So, yeah. What's my – I like to have something – Jim Valvana used to say that you should be moved to tears – you know that you should you should uh, be happy. You should find yourself in thought. Those three things every single day. Um, so moving yourself to tears might be politics, but I'm going to tell you a fun joke from Red Fox, uh, who will, will will give you a little bit of thought, and then maybe you'll be moved to laughter. He said he was talking about the marches in the '60s and the '70s. Of course, Red Fox is you know one of the, the I think the greatest black comedian, maybe the greatest comedian there ever was. Um, he, he says, I know voodoo, you know, so I don't have to, I don't have to worry about no marching. I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to protest. Ain't no protest for me. I can mail in my protest. I know voodoo. (laughs) He was just, he went off on, you know, and and his social commentary about things is very practical. And you can grasp it. It'll sit right there in your hand, and you can see it. You know, voodoo. Yeah, you believe voodoo on a doll. I'm mailing mailing my stuff in. And then I thought, hey, we're having this whole thing. Mail-in ballots. It's protesting. It's 2020. That's It's so ironic to be watching my screen come up with these options for Red Fox. That's the one I chose. I'm walking down the road. Listening to him talking about mailing in his protest. And they were talking about mail-in voting and pandemic and voter fraud. And all this, this thought. The irony, you know, the coincidence behind so many of the things that are happening here. I love my life. Now, maybe those things are not connected. Maybe you would never see the connection. Maybe there's really not one. But in my mind, I can put almost any two things together. And that's what makes up my, my subconscious lottery. that I talk about. And I guess I'll do the next episode on that. So we're going to call this a night. Uh, I've recorded a couple. I'm starting to get up at 5 in the morning, so I recorded these after work, gave up my exercise for this meager uh, audience that I have on iTunes and, and Spotify and everywhere else that it might be. And so I appreciate you spending your evening or your morning or whatever listening to me. Hopefully you agree or disagree or got something out of this. And I know I'll hear something about it. You can hit me up on the social media if you got my number. My number's... I read that story about Ernie the Chinchilla that was this paradox about fellatio or something. Um, Yes, my number really is on my writing page on Facebook, which is linked to every single podcast or whatever. So if you're up to no good, don't be maliciously using my number. But if you needed to get a hold of me for some reason, that would be the way to do it. If you have media inquiries or you're trying to sponsor the podcast or maybe you just got something constructive to say. But have a good evening, good morning, a good time, wherever you are. Thank you and take care.